What's better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. So John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. Jenny, thank you so much for your exceptional teaching today. I loved it. And thank you for the bookmark because I really take excellent notes, I think. But I couldn't keep up with all the scriptures at one point. And so we were talking, you know, ah, I didn't get all the scriptures. Well, I think Lori took a picture. And and then, then you came with, it was like, the Lord, he knows. He, he's so smart. He knows everything. So we get to go back home and, and go over all those. And that you would give all those descriptions it makes me that I don't have to. Thank you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. So you all know the Good Shepherd already. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us. We got to go now. Yeah, yeah. But I love how Jesus said in John 6, um, he says, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. And then in John 14, 6, we all know this one, you know. Jesus said to the people, to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much that those of us who are saved, (laughs) we have you as our Father. The Good Shepherd um, gave his life, Lord, for the likes of us. Our minds are blown that you would lay down your life for us. We remember who we are. We We even know who we can still be if we get even a millimeter away from you, Lord. Thank you for loving us still. Help us, Lord, to hear what you have to say and help us desire to desire to walk in obedience to that which you call us to, Lord. Thank you for each one of these ladies, Lord, and I pray that um, as we sit at your feet again, when we leave from here, Lord, that people will say, wow, they've been with Jesus. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. So verse 1 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Well, in the wintertime, and there's different sheep. I love how you, you talked about that. But in the winter, sometimes they would have to go into, or bad weather, they'd have to go into enclosures. And there's only one way in and one way out. And so... Every once in a while, in these walls, robbers and thieves would try to sneak in and get those sheep. 
and I would think I was it was so cute how you were saying the sheep were talking to each other. And in these in these sheep folds, it would be all the sheep, like the penguins, you know, and the shepherds would would, you know, just be in there and they could talk to each other. But I'm thinking, how cute is that? The sheep are talking to each other, you know. What's your shepherd like? Because you look kind of scrawny. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I'm like a big old fat sheep and you got ticks and <laughs> what's that sore about? <laughs> Doesn't he care about you? You know, but these, the shepherd, the sheep I'm talking about were those, you know, and sometimes they were just for sacrifices. Not all of them. But they would, they would come together, and these thieves and these robbers would kind of come in. Well, I'm looking at you girls as those sheep in this enclosure. And every once in a while, a false teacher will jump over the fence and try to get you out of that protective sheepfold, coming in the wrong way. You got some, some of you, are, you're still kind of young, you know, and maybe you've only been saved a short time, or, you know, you're not really that rooted and grounded in the love of the Father yet. And so you don't know that when that guy comes in, who's cute, you know, he's cute. He's probably even got a good job, you know? And he says, oh, baby, baby. And you're like, mm, nobody's paid this much attention to me, not even at church, you know what I'm saying? And so let me listen to you just a little bit. And where'd you say your mother-in-law live? Your mother lives in another state? Oh yeah, you're the guy for me. <laughs> But they sneak in. They sneak in. But the real shepherd lays at that entrance, like you were saying. He lays at that entrance. And so the sheep who try to escape have to go over his body, just like our Jesus. He, he did everything for you. And for you to go to hell on your own, you have to go over his body. Also, that shepherd sitting, laying in that opening, the, the intruders or the bad guys have to come over him as well. You come to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, Pastor Matt, if some dude walks in there and he's eyeballing one of you or sitting a little too close, he's watching. And there's probably other men in that church who are watching you women as well, like to that guy, I'm watching you. I am watching you. We love her. <laughs> I'll take you out. <laughs> when, when, when your leaders come to you and they say, hey, what's going on with you? Don't get all bent out of shape. They're laying in that opening trying to protect you from escaping to danger. You're going to fall off a cliff. And they're also trying to protect you from those guys who are coming in, whether it's false teachers saying, you know, everything goes. Now, you know, you can go to some churches and they're using the same language in the world in church now and saying, it's just words. No, it's not just words. Ephesians says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. If we're going to be like our good shepherd, we're going to follow the good shepherd, not the bad one. We'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, they sneak in because they're just creeps. They're just creeps. And if you don't know your word, ladies, I'm talking about fall teachers now. If you don't know your word and have discernment, then you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Oh, oh, yeah, make, that makes sense. And you slowly but surely drift away. Don't do that. 
thieves and robbers? Is the devil himself? Wolves in sheep clothing sometimes, or just plain old wolves and false teachers? Goes on to say, verse 2. But this is a new Bible and it's too small. I've been reading my husband's, he got much bigger. So let me do this. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The one who enters through the gate, Jesus. He met the qualifications, girls. He did the miracles. His teachings were right on as though he wrote the Bible himself. <laughs> yes, he did. His care and concern for people. You know, just last chapter, I think, that blind man was there. Yeah. And Jesus, I love how Jesus stops. Like he made sure that the ladies heard. He made sure Naomi heard that back in Bethlehem they were getting food again. Well, in this case, for the, the blind guy, he said, okay, you're healed now. Be and do right, because I don't want anything worse to happen to you. Jesus is the real deal. He says, the Father who sent me, he's the one who qualifies to enter through this gate. Born of a virgin, that's in Isaiah 7. Born in Bethlehem, that's Micah 5, 2. And called out of Egypt, that's in Hosea 1. The gatekeeper, I was thinking about this. Who's the gatekeeper? It's John the Baptist, the preceder of Jesus. He said, he's going to come, the one who I'm even unworthy to untie his sandals. This is cute because I like how, you know, when your dad is so proud of you and he, he wants to elevate you. In Luke 1, 76, 77, John the Baptist's dad, when he was born, he says, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. So the gatekeeper is John the Baptist, and he's opened the way for Jesus. After 400 years not having any word, repent. And what Jesus said, who did you come later? He says, who did you come out here to see? Some guy dressed in fancy clothes and a Rolex watch who's telling you all those nice, soft, easy things you want to hear? No, 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 no. I sent this guy who says, repent of your sins. And so once, he says, I want you to tell the people this. Verse 3. I'm not going to take as much time as I did last time, so I'm trying to get this thing going. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Again, we heard this already, that Jesus is very personal. He's intimate. For me, my name is Paula. You guys all know that. But my new earthly name, I don't know what my new heavenly name will be. We don't know until we get there, but we all will get one. But my, my new earthly name is Precious. Like, Precious, you know? How I got that name, I was working one day, and I hid my elbow. You know that, that whatever that, yeah, it ain't so funny, right? No. You know, that's the same nerve that they put the nails in for Jesus. It's that same nerve. Can you, you know how when you hit your so-called funny bone, how that hurts? You know, yeah, yeah. no curse words came out, I promise. But, oh, it hurt so bad. I was like, Lord, what in the world is that? I'm 
doing all I'm supposed to be doing. And why did that have to happen? He goes, you are so precious. That's all. That's how I got my name. Hope, hope you don't have to go through painful stuff to get a new name. But Jesus calls his own sheep. He cares for me. He cares for you. We, we already found that out. Don't we know it? Don't we know it? Sometimes we do, right? Sometimes we don't. Why is this happening to me? How can you let this happen to me? We heard today that in the suffering, we draw nearer to God. Two years ago, my husband had a virus attack his heart. And, you know, I've been going through life like, dum-dum-dum-dum. You know, I've had some bad things, but like Lupe was saying, you kind of forget those. The Lord takes the sting of some of those other things away. You know, the way I was raised wasn't good. Um, I didn't really know what true love was or is um, for the longest time. Just, why am I even here? I don't know if any of you guys feel like that. What's life about? What is all this? But he cares for me. It's very personal. And I heard the Lord say, precious, I love you. Always have, always will. I love you. Always have, always will. What? I can follow somebody like that. Lord, I don't even, and I said this, I don't even believe in you. But I heard those voice, that voice. I don't even believe in you. And I think I told you guys the last time I was here. And he said, then who are you talking to? I want you guys to hear that voice that we, we heard earlier. He really loves you. He knows you inside out. Everything that you are or were, maybe, you know, still maybe a little bit participating in some wrong stuff, God sees it all, and he loves you still. He loves you still. Um, my gift for you is exhortation and encouragement. I guess they're probably both the same thing. If I would have gone to college, I might have known the difference. But to encourage you, he loves you, always has and he always will. He's the good shepherd. He keeps walking, but he does this every once in a while to make sure you're right there. Don't get in front of him. Just stay right behind him. He's a good, good shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff that we heard about earlier, they comfort me. Man, there's some times when that rod... Boom, has to knock you upside the head, like Luffy was talking about. Sometimes that thing hurts a little bit, right? Um, correction is really a good thing. And it was 12.5, that's Hebrews 12.5 that you said, Jenny, where it says uh, discipline doesn't seem pleasant at the time, but it's, it'll be good later. Man, come on with the later, Lord, because, <laughs> yeah. Let him have his way in the correction. Uh, we were talking at lunch. There's sometimes when you do things and say things that in the middle of the wrong thing you're saying or doing, you can stop. Because the good shepherd's right there saying, if you step one more step, the cliff is right there. I'm trying to get you with the hook right now. So stop mid-sentence, stop mid-action. Step back and say, Lord, I am so sorry. I repent of that. And he will say, 
Good job, baby. Let me bring you back to me. Stay closer to the Lord. Don't let him have to throw that rod out there and, you know, maybe trip you up a little bit. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So let the Lord have his way. And then direction. I'm, I'm in the place now where it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want next? What do you want me to do next? I'm following you. Where are you going? The song, where you go, I'll go. Where you, where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. Who you love, I'll love. <laughs> I, uh, I move. There's some times when I'm just not, I don't feel qualified or capable. And yet, he says, just follow me. I'm going to take you places you have no idea I'm going to take you. I'm going to use you in ways. It's foolish to me, you know. And so he calls his own sheep by name. It's very personal, very intimate. He has a plan better for you than you need or want, I should say, than you want. A good shepherd, again, is going to prevent one of his sheep from escaping. I don't know what's going through your mind right now. Um, If the Lord is drawing you out of something, maybe a bad relationship. And I'm not saying for anybody who's married and it's not going the way you want it to go. <laughs> not that at all. Um, but if you're in a relationship where you know, if you're not married and you've got some guy hanging around and he's not leading you to Jesus, time to let that go. He says, uh, if anything, get rid of everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race he has marked out for you. So as you're following your good shepherd and you know you're veering off a little bit, he's going to keep going. He's praying for you, and he doesn't want to have to discipline you, but he'll let you get just so far, and he'll throw the thing. But sometimes we insist on going our own way, right? Remember, he's a good shepherd. He's not restrictive. Don't we think sometimes, why can't I do what I want to do? I want to have fun. Sometimes the things we think are fun, because he sees the big picture, aren't really fun at all. If you have somebody who's in your life who really, truly loves you, they're going to say, you're not following the good shepherd, baby. You're out on your own. And as Jenny was saying, some of those afflictions that we go through are self-induced afflictions. And so you can hear that still, small voice say, you know that's not right. Don't go left. Don't go right. Just follow me. For those of you who didn't hear me, no. <laughs> <laughs> if an intruder comes in, the Lord is going to do all that he can to fight that predator off in your life. Again, but if you insist on going your own way, he's going to let you go. All the while, as Lupe was saying, to draw you back to the good shepherd. He's not going to let you go all the way unless you just completely insist and or if you're not truly a believer. Because a real true believer will get to that place where they say, like the prodigal son, I have just extended, expended it all. Man, the servants at my father's house are better off than I am. I don't know if anybody gets there. Because some people are really, really stubborn. They're going to go all the way there. It's got to be their way or the highway. Even talking to God, the good shepherd, don't go there. So that rod of, of correction and then the rod of direction 
and also protection. I loved your, your uh, study where you were saying, you know, there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry. If God has allowed something in our lives, it's to teach us. Yeah, that with my husband's um, heart thing, you know, like I said, I was going through life, just mm, nothing's too bad. It's not, it's, it's okay. And then they said, sudden cardiac death. What? He was just doing okay, and then, then he was starting to faint and stuff and not feeling so good. It's like, what in the world? You know, we thought it was um, uh, the allergy uh, mold, oak, meaning oak. Yeah, and he just had this cough, and it wouldn't go away. I'm like, babe, go to the doctor. You know how some people don't want to go to the doctor? Well, he's one of those. Uh, it's just allergy season. It'll go away. No, babe, there's something different. It's, yeah, you, you need to go to the doctor. Please go. And so I, I think I was starting to irritate him a little bit, so the Lord told me, precious, just shut up and pray, and trust me. So, okay. So I was trying my best not to give him more hints. You know how we could do the doctor's office right there. I could get you over there in a minute. I could call. You want me to make the appointment? I can get you there. You know, so I just shut up and let the Lord deal with them. And so he went to, we have a free medical clinic of our, at our church. Two doctors right down there. He don't have to walk, but what, 20 feet? So I'm getting irritated. So Lord, precious, just trust me with this. I'm the good shepherd. I can lead him every bit as much as I can lead you. So I'm going to lead you to silence. Mm. And I'm going to lead him over to the doctor's office. Eventually, I'm like, well, you need to come on with it because I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> he's starting to miss church now because he's not going on Wednesdays because he's getting all dressed and he feels like he's going to pass out. He's not going on Sunday. He missed Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday two years ago. <sighs> and I still have to go to be on the worship team and <laughs> thinking when I go home, he's going to be dead in the chair because he was white as this wall when I left for church on Easter Sunday. He's fully dressed in his suit to go. And he goes, I can't go. What? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? You know, why am I, why are you letting this happen? You know, kind of a thing. I was asking some questions, and the Lord said, don't ask me that why. I got a plan and a purpose. Will you trust me? For two years before that, the Lord kept saying, you can trust me. You can trust me. It's like, why you keep saying that? What's going to happen? But I'm the good shepherd. I'm leading. If you will just stay close to me, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm the good shepherd. Okay, okay, okay. So while I was at the women's retreat, my husband went to the doctor. And Dr. Peter says, well, I don't know what's going on. Just so happened that somebody donated an EKG machine to our clinic. Well, let's do an EKG. I know it doesn't make sense, but let's just do one. The thing came back abnormal. Praise God. And so that started the ball rolling. Went to this one doctor. <clears throat> and said, oh, yeah, you got sent. Here, take this medicine. That was it. Ron didn't get any better. It was getting worse. So another lady in our church said, go to my cardiologist. You go there on a Monday, and they decide to put a halter monitor on him. Tuesday, our kids are having their high school banquet. On Tuesday morning, Ron and I, go, we go to the gym, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. 
So anyway, his bag is in the car, and as evidently when he put it in there, his phone fell out, and it was under the seat in my car. How do you know that? He's at the office working. My car is in the garage after I... So I go to pick him up at 6.30 to the 7 o'clock banquet, and he goes, I can't find my phone. I said, well, let's call it. Sure enough, it's in my car under the seat. Four times. He don't hardly ever get phone calls. Four times that day, not, his, not the doctor's office, not his secretary, not one of the nurses, the doctor himself had called four times. He's like, oh, my gosh. So we call the doctor, and he says, get to the hospital right away. I'm in the parking lot of the banquet, and I have graduation on Thursday. And he, the guy says, the doctor says, sudden cardiac death. Do you not understand what I'm saying? Be there. He says, you can do this tonight. Be there at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. You're having surgery. Whoa. Good shepherd, what is happening? What is happening? Because I could hear a guy say, what about sudden cardiac death do you not understand? So we go into the banquet like this. People want to, hi, Pastor Ryan, hi, Mama Paula. Let's take some pictures. Let's eat. Let's eat. We're like, Okay, you know, okay. Sudden cardiac death. I'm thinking, is he going to go down right here? You know, he didn't, praise the Lord. He's still alive today. Thank you very much. But, oh, good shepherd, good shepherd, good shepherd. So he's doing okay, and we go to the doctor after like the six-month checkup, and they hear something in the, in the defibrillator pacemaker that they put in him. This is on, th- on a graduation night. I'm in the hospital all by myself, me and Jesus, and my iPad so I can watch them have their graduation. And they come out and they say, he's, he's, he's going to live and did this and this and this, and you'll see him in a couple of hours. <laughs> Three hours goes by, and I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Why is, where's my husband? The good shepherd said, precious, I've got him. Remember I told you you can trust me. I know I can trust you. What does that mean? Am I going to trust you with the husband? Or am I going to trust you as my husband only? You know? He goes, just trust me. <sighs> He's a good shepherd. And this is not in my notes of why I'm sharing this, but if you're going through something, again, you were saying, draw near to that, to your shepherd. Draw near to the shepherd. He will hold you no matter what you're going through. And what I learned is after fretting and, you know, looking out the hallway and they have that, uh, like, these kind of big lights, only it's a mirror in the hallway so you can see people coming. I'm looking for my husband on the thing to come back to his room. And I'm like, mm. it's almost three hours when they said it was only be an hour before you come back. And the Lord said, will you please trust me? And I had the hardest time trusting the Lord. I'm ashamed to say it, but... When you go through certain things, like you with the eight months, um, what's going to happen? Am I going to be like this forever? When he comes back, is he going to be an invalid? Or is, is he going to be able to walk? Is he, what's going to happen? You know? The good shepherd. I drew nearer to God than ever. You know what the Lord had to say to me? Paula, he's been on loan to you. He's not really yours to possess. He's mine. Will you trust me? I told you, you can trust me. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with that, Lord. I'm really having a hard time because I, 
You know, sometimes when you have something and you're about to lose it, how you love it more? Yeah. And, uh, and that's in pretty much everything. And, and at that moment, I was going through, who's really been God in my life? Has it been God? Has it been Ron? Has it been being a pastor's wife? What has it been? The Lord was taking me through all of that, that good, good shepherd. Um, and as soon as I got to the place where I said, Lord, my life belongs to you. His life belongs to you. You're a good shepherd. You've always been there for me. You promised me that you'll always love me. You'll never stop loving me. I, I really do trust you, Lord. I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. Not saying that that's one of those things that just works, but then they brought Ron in. But it took a good three hours, and I think he was okay over there. It was just that the Lord was saying, just wait because I got something to do with this girl here. Don't bring him yet. We got some, some work to do. And so, yeah, it's not about my husband so much because the Lord was, was uh, encouraging me that I will be okay whether Ron was here or not. And I will be okay if I'm not the pastor's wife. And I will be okay no matter what. I'll be okay. You know why? Because I have a good, good shepherd, and he's never going to leave me or forsake me, ever. He knows the good things that he has in store for me. hi yeah, yeah. why did I go there? <laughs> anyway, don't take for granted those things that are in your life, even Jesus. Don't we kind of take him for granted? Oh, yeah, he's going to always love me. He's going to always be there. Don't take him for granted, girls. Be ever, ever grateful that he is a good shepherd. And when he leads you away from those things that you maybe think make sense, and if he leads you into a, in a place where, oh, this is my perfect scenario, and it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, remember, he's still a good, good shepherd. He's leading you. You got something to learn. You got something to learn. I was telling Jenny when I got here today, or yesterday, when I saw her, how wonderful she looked compared to two years ago when she was in so much pain, you know, just to, but to, to see um, what he's done. Uh, I think you've, I was telling you, I thought you were a good teacher then, but today there is uh, a, a deeper quality. You can, you can feel that she's closer to the Lord than she ever was. That's an awesome thing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and that when we go through stuff, uh, don't question why. Just say, Lord, let me learn the lesson. Let me fall more in love with you than ever before. And use me, Lord. We all want to be used, right? But don't you want to be used um, the way he wants to, like Jesus says, I came to do my Father's will, not my own. I mean, Jesus asked three times for that, you know, can this cup be taken from me? And his Father said no. Sometimes we go through difficult things, and the Lord says, you can trust me. I don't like difficult things, but I do want to learn how to trust the Lord better. I don't know what's coming, not for me, not for you, but I really do want to learn to trust the Lord and to be used um, no matter what, to be able to say, he's a good, good shepherd. And I'm going to continue following him down this path that he's given me and hopefully bring some glory to him. Yeah. 
And you know what I, I really like? And I was telling the ladies today is um, I could hear you guys, especially you, Lupe, last night till about midnight, you know, having so much fun. Have the fun. Let the people in your churches, in your neighborhoods, see you having a good time as a Christian. Because the, the good shepherd, he's walking through life going, <laughs> if only they knew the joy, the peace that we have. We've got to be those people that show the world our good, good shepherd. Um, so anyway, there's my encouragement and exhortation. Um, so they don't, they don't follow a stranger. Um, and I better hurry myself up. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me with these are robbers. We already talked about that. But the true sheep did not listen to them. You know, sometimes people, we're all sheep, but the true sheep are those who really listen to our, our good shepherd. And those who um, are, I would say, professing Christians, don't assume that they're Christians. I did that for a long time. Don't assume that they're Christians. Have they been born again? Are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you see some fruit in their life that would say they really know Jesus? Or do they just come to church? Because that's the thing to do. Um, ask him, have they been truly born again and have they been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if so, they will stop what they used to do. They will stop looking like they used to look and they will follow after the good shepherd. You know, I can be a Christian, and of course I was, mm. and, but I was still using some very colorful language. I was still drinking quite heavily, you know. It says be filled with the spirit, not with, I always say this, not with spirits. But I was, I would say, going to church, drinking, cussing, not at church, but at home for sure. No, produce fruit that shows repentance. If you're still the same, doing the same things, hanging around the same people, and yet you go to church, are you following the good shepherd? Or are you still following you? So ask that question of yourselves first, and then of those who say, oh yeah, I'm saved. Hmm. I can't tell. Yeah. Ask them. Ask yourself, are you truly born again? I had a girl sitting next to me for 10 years. Ten years. Loving me, oh yeah, I was, I was everything. She wasn't even saved. Don't assume. And don't assume that, you know, just because they say it. Ask yourself, look in the mirror and say, am I producing food that looks like a Christian? Or am I still my old self? Two kinds of people, saved and unsaved. The same who listen carefully know his voice. That's why we need to be in his word. So we're not tripped up, guys. No. When you go back and look in those bookmarks, remember that shepherd. That one who wants to take you elsewhere is a thief and a robber. Verse 8 says, All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved or will be safe. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
This is a, a comparison. Jesus is saying, thieves and robbers, Pharisees and Sadducees, the high priests like Caiaphas, religious leaders like Islam, Buddhists, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, even Catholics, professing Christians, thinking they're secure because of their church attendance. Baptized as a baby. Man, I, we hear that a lot. I was baptized as a baby. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. Yeah, my mom and dad, they go to church all the time. They tell me all about Jesus. But are you born again? Ask people if they're born again. Don't be scared. You can find a way, even though shy people, you know, you can find a way. Me, I'm just like, you say. Ron, on the other hand, he'll, he'll look at their shirt or their hat or something and start a conversation. Follow the good shepherd. He has a personality. You've got a personality, but he's got a message through you that you can go and say. Me, my, mine is uh, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So though sometimes I can come with, <coughs> but I usually, like Jocelyn says, but you smile when you do it, Mom. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I figure if I have to follow the Lord, I get to, you know, follow him. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. That's how I was at the beginning. And yet now I know that those don'ts are really for my good as I follow the Good Shepherd. So I get to tell you, follow the Good Shepherd. You don't need to do that other stuff, but look at all the other good stuff we get to do. I have a passport. That's a big deal to me. The only reason I have a passport is because God has said, I want you to go over to that country. Really, me? Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Just be there with Pastor Ron. I've been to Scotland. I've been to England. I've been to Mexico a couple of times. I haven't been to where are you where, where are you guys? Oh, Scotland. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Me, I've been there. That's a good shepherd. And you know what? In Scotland, they don't have very many black people, and I notice I'm the only one in this room too. So, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, huh? Um, I was, people would come up to me, you know, like blondes in Mexico, how they have to touch their hair. In Scotland, people would come up to me and say, you're a beautiful work of art. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> but I have a passport, it's a big deal. Um, yeah, and so God wants to use us. The thief comes to steal and destroy. You know, our thief's, the thief's purpose, um, the devil, I, I was telling this to the people on the radio, the, the, the devil is a liar. He wants to tell us anything at all to keep us from believing in Jesus or to think he's nice, to think he's a good shepherd. The devil is a pimp. Y'all know what a pimp does, right? He leads you into sexual immorality, and it's not for you to make a living, not for your health, but for his pocket um, and he's a, he's a pimp to heterosexuals and homosexuals. It's okay. Live the way you want to. That's the devil. It's not okay no matter what our world is saying. The, the devil is a drug dealer. He uh, wants us to be strung out on alcohol, nicotine, heroin. The new one is marijuana. Oxycodone prescription drugs. I got a girl right now that, actually two, that are really, really struggling trying to get off this oxycodone stuff. 
they're so far not doing so well. The devil is a gang leader. The gang leader is always angry. He's always, if you do something to him, he's got a whole group of people who will retaliate for him. That's why the devil who is angry wants us to be unforgiving and vengeful and murderous. That's the devil. He's a gang leader. He's also a matchmaker. I was saying this the other day. He loves to take the good girls in church and match them up with his thugs. That's a thief and robber coming over the thing. But Jesus' purpose is to give us a rich and abundant life. He is light. There's no darkness at all in him. That's 1 John 1, 5. He promised us to one husband, not many, not religion and relationship, but that's in that 2 Corinthians 11, 2. He's meek and humble. Matthew eleven twenty nine. He cleanses us from all wickedness and unrighteousness. That's Hebrews nine fourteen. He heals up and binds up our wounds. That's Psalm one forty seven three. That's what I'm talking about. The the sheep talking to each other and you know, man, you're kind of scroungy. I wish you had my shepherd. Why don't you come? Why don't you come over and hang out with, with me and my shepherd? He will heal up and bind up your wounds. He leads us into all truth. That's John sixteen thirteen. He leads us not into temptation, but delivers us from the evil one. Matthew six thirteen. We are blameless in his sight. He has made us perfect, sinless. He sees us completely finished and perfect and beautiful, precious in his sight, even though, you know, down here on earth we see ourselves. But he sees us blameless. Ephesians 1, 4 is what that one is. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. He died to give us new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and I'll read that one. It's one of my favorites. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's a good, good shepherd. <laughs> he took on our sin. And you know that when he died, he took on all of our sin, past, present, and even future. Man, my favorite thing about the Lord is his forgiveness. I, I had changed earlier. Let's see, this is May. Yeah, I had changed earlier from forgiveness has always been my favorite characteristic from the Lord. And I thought, you know what? I think I've grown a little bit. And so I think it's just love. And then when I start praying, Lord, cleanse me from the inside out, it's back to forgiveness. <laughs> I told Ron that on the radio the other day. I said, you know what, babe? I, I, I went from forgiveness to love. It's back to forgiveness. I'm just going to stick with forgiveness. But that's, that's his love as well for, for me and you. So follow the new 
shepherd, the good shepherd. Don't follow. They're both shepherds. The devil's a shepherd too. He's just a bad one. Don't follow the bad shepherd. Follow the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Whenever there's danger, the bad shepherd's going to deuces. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. He says, I didn't sign up for this. They're not my problem. This is too much. I'm not losing my life for them. I'm out. And yet David, on the other hand, as we heard, David, tending his father's sheep, fought a lion, a bear, not losing one of his father's sheep, and ran. He ran at Goliath. You know, we have that same power. We could run at our fear. We could run at one of those things that come against us. You're like, look, I don't have the power in myself, but I know the one who does. I know the one who does. He ran at Goliath. Who are you to rail against my God. You guys don't forget that. Jesus says, I've not lost one that my Father has given me. After crying out, if there's any other way. And the Father said no. The good Father said no to his Son. Why? Because he wanted to save you and he wanted to save me. He set his face, Jesus did, as Flint to go to Jerusalem. He says, I am going to do my Father's will. He said, You know, Jesus never said anything that his father didn't say. He never did anything that his father didn't do. So he saw his father set his face at Flint as Flint to go to the cross as well. Jesus says, I do what I see my father do. He came to die. For me. For you. Don't forget. The hired hand, on the other hand, again, he will just run away and leave us standing there. So stop following the bad shepherd. And when your flesh rears up and you go after that thing, that's your following the bad shepherd at that time. You know, the devil is, of course, the devil, the world, and our flesh. And the three of them together conspire. And too often we are are volunteers. Stop, Lord, that's not going to bring you glory. I don't want to go there. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. He laid it down. He laid it down. 2 Timothy 2.19. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. You know, the Lord knows for sure who are his. I think for... I don't know, uh, I got saved in 1978, but I really didn't know the Lord um, to follow him with my life. He was more of an insurance policy. You know, if I die, even though I'm living like hell, I'm still going to go to heaven. Because, you know, I didn't know any better. I kind of hope that was the truth. I can still live like this and go to heaven. Well, you know, you grow. But the Lord knows those who are his and all belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. And talking with you girls in here, you're all there. You're all there. You've all turned from evil. You don't have a bad attitude. You never say a a mean word to anybody, right? Most of you, I know you. You're awesome. 
here in this retreat. <laughs> when we go to church, right? It's usually with those people at our house, right? Or those at your job, or those at school, or that girl at the, at the HEB. She's talking to the checker guy. I'm the customer. I'm a good person at home, just me. <laughs> but we all must turn away from evil. Jesus says in, in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. No one truly knows the father except the son and to those who, to whom the son chooses to reveal him. He, re he chooses to reveal himself to everybody. But will you open your eyes and open your heart to let him in? And once you've let him in, will you let him in? Here I am right now, all the way in. Lord, let me keep my hands down and my heart open that you can come in there and inspect every area of my life, even that junk drawer, even the junk drawer, even that closet where I have let stuff just pile up. You know, my house still looks great if you don't go in that closet. My heart of my house still looks pretty good if I don't let you open my junk drawer. But Lord, I can hide that stuff from you guys, but not him. Get into the junk drawer. He's revealed himself, and he wants to continue doing that. I'm thinking about Paul in Acts. Um, you know, Paul, who was Saul, he knew it all. He was going to be that guy. One whole day, I'll keep everything right, and the Messiah will come back. He says, I'm eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest, requested, you know, cooperation to the rest of the followers of the way. He wanted to bring the both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. But God, the good shepherd, because he had a great plan for Paul. It says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I don't know how it was when you got saved, but did you hear that still small voice like, if you cross this line, there may be no turning back. Paul, had he not heard, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he had seen and heard Jesus for a long time. He's the one that took the cloaks when they killed Stephen. And he gave the thumbs up. Yeah, kill him, you know. And he heard Stephen say, do not lay this charge against them. I think for the, for the longest time, Paul, when he went to sleep, heard that voice. I think some days when he woke up, he heard that voice. The Good Shepherd pursues us in order to bring us out of the darkness into the light because he has a wonderful plan. But the, you know, and he told Ananias, okay, go over there and talk to him. I got a plan for him. Lord, are you sure? He's been trying to kill Christians. I'm a Christian who loves you, Lord. Why are you sending me over there? But the Lord says, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, God has a, has a plan. And he wanted to, I wonder, Paul, you know, for those three days that he's going to be blind, 
thought about how many times he knew he'd heard God's voice say, come away, come away, follow me. I wonder. Some of us, you know, we, some come easy, some come hard because we're stubborn. But God is more stubborn because he loves us so much and he has a much better plan for us. He says, I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer. And Paul, after seeing how much he suffered, because he knew God was really God, got up and he followed the good shepherd. And beside Jesus, Paul was the guy used the most, right? Paul was used the most. To go to the Gentiles, praise the Lord, that's you and me. That he would go. God's plan all along. So concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who are not my people, I will now call, that's Romans 9, 25. I will now call my people and I will love those whom I did not love before. Paul knew that. Paul knew. This man is really God. Because he said, who are you, Lord? He knew. He knew. He was just hoping it wasn't Jesus. And it was. Once Paul got up, Ananias, you know, laid his hands on him, prayed for him. The scales fell off. Paul got up and he immediately started preaching. For you and me, since we're saved, the scales have fallen off, girls. Let's get up and go. I think that's my new message. Go tell everybody. And Paul got to that place. He says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Follow your good shepherd and tell the people behind you, follow me as I follow the Lord. 17 and 18, I'm not going to keep reading, but in Hebrews 7, 16, the qualifications, Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. We have an indestructible good shepherd. Nobody's going to talk him down. They're not going to destroy him. They're not going to change his mind. He doesn't change. So when the people come and say, oh, you're antiquated, you know, that's old-fashioned. Our world is like this now. Say, God never changes. Follow the good shepherd. Your life is going to be much better. I hate it when um, we've gone to hospitals and people are about ready to die, and we've been ministering to them for a very long time, and they have rejected Jesus. They could, and, and sometimes they get saved on their deathbed. That's a cool thing. That's a really cool thing. But sometimes, you know, people 10, 15, 20 years, and they resist how much fruit they could have produced, how much joy and peace they could have experienced. And to wait to the last minute when they're on their deathbed, what, what shame. They could have been following the good shepherd this whole time. I'm thinking about my husband's father right now. He waited till. He got knocked in the head, his brain moved over, and he died. But before he died, praise God, there was a moment where of clarity, and another Calvary Chapel pastor went and witnessed to him. You're my son's friend. We didn't have any relationship with Ron's dad for years. We will in heaven. But what a waste, right? Tell the people. This is a sad thing. I'm going to read verse 19 and 21 and done. After Jesus gave his life voluntarily, 
It says, when he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And they all knew that Jesus' job was to open the eyes of the blind. How is it that some people can hear the same message? Some believe and some don't. Some believe, oh yes, he is the one who walked on water. He parted the Red Sea. He raised Lazarus from the dead. All these things. They can, they've seen that with their own eyes and yet they want to deny what's obvious. Why is that? They don't want to stop sinning. That's it. People who don't come to Christ just don't want to stop sinning. Romans 1.20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuses for not knowing God. For you and me, as we leave from here, because we know God can open the eyes of the blind. We were all blind at one point. We were all blind at one point, and the Lord says, open your eyes. You know it's me. Everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody. This is the most popular book of all time. In our world, you can talk about anything, everything, but Jesus. It just irritates some people, right? But for you and me, Psalm 119, 105, so we don't get tripped up and we continue following the good shepherd, his rod and his staff, but it says his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. We already already know that path. We know the one who has the light. Follow the good shepherd. Well, Lord, I want to thank you for this time. And I thank you, Lord, that you continue whispering in our ears. You continue, continue to shine your light saying, go this way. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. But follow me each and every day. Lord, I thank you that the mercies are new every morning. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your rod of of protection and correction. Thank you, Lord, that we know. Thank you for rescuing us from the darkness, Lord. And I thank you that you will continue the good work you've, you've started in each one of us. Continue purifying our hearts and our minds, our lives, Lord. And I even pray, Lord, that you would help us to see ourselves being changed. Let us not be the last one that see. I pray again, God, as we go home, that the people in our homes, the ones that we're surrounded with, Lord, would see a sweetness because you are gentle and humble at heart. May we be the same. In Jesus' name, amen.